Ricardo goes for it from a long way back. This would be sensational if he makes it. And you know what? He has made it. Smiles will be out at 18 years and 227 days old. Max Verstappen wins a Formula One Grand Prix. Lewis Hamilton wins the Portuguese Grand Prix. Hamilton has more wins than any other driver in Formula One history. And he is not done yet. Welcome back to Getting a Grip F1. My name is Brandon Roots and I'm joined by Nathan Mosley and Michael Turner. We're back to preview the upcoming Qatar GP. And since the track is new to the F1 calendar, we're still getting up to date with its layout and everything. But by the looks of FP1 and 2, we could be on for an interesting race. And especially after last weekend, guys, I think that's what we want. We want something, a bit of a repeat, I guess, for one of the drivers at least. You know, I'm going to struggle today because Brandon is, oh, sorry, Nathan is currently eating and uh, I've not eaten lunch. So thank you very much for that. I'm going to struggle to see anything but some sort of delicacy when I look at this track map, I think. But yeah, it should be exciting. And um, I'll tell you what, last week or last race, I should say, has uh, really sort of set this up for a real sort of curtain raising finish for for this uh, championship fight. Mm. And that's the thing because it's, it's so hard to tell what's going to happen here. It could go either way. It's a big question mark going into it. And they're throwing some pretty good times um, around already. Oh, well, that we think because we don't know what time should look like around here. But, um, mm. yeah, it looks like the championship battles around here are going to be pretty tasty. Mm. Just like my lunch, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> what, are you, what are you having today, Nathan? Fill us in on on what you're fueling yourself with. Uh, Well, it's a leftover dinner from last night. Um, We had eggplant chili con carne, so I made a toasty out of that. Oh, you you know what? Your your comment, Michael, actually made me think of a good thing. Obviously, everyone knows about Squid Game and the... uh, Those snacks that they got. We should start selling getting a grip... uh, What is it? Some honeycomb, isn't it? Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. That's in them. Just put the tracks oh, in mate, it, What would be the hardest track to carve out? Oh, shit. What we talk, what's the Bobby Pin Monaco. one next week? Oh, Saudi, yeah. Saudi or Monaco, I reckon it's just pretty yeah. tricky. It's just so thin. Yeah. <laughs> but, look, I guess we'll get into a track walk, and I think everyone should probably bear with us a little bit with this one. Our predictions may not be as good as it, well, has been previously, some of our predictions at least. Um, hey, the Brazilian uh, ones were spot on, I reckon, but look from what i can gather it's a lot of medium speed corners uh throughout the whole track but sector one it starts obviously at the end of the long start finish straight contains mostly medium speed corners which are technical on the entry and it's really important for them because the first couple are quite wide and so it'll be really critical for them to get a good launch and then there's a short short straight in the middle another two corners, and then heads into Sector 3. But by the looks of it, I think it it can be hard to tell who's going to perform really well here. We know that the Red Bull has been powerful in some medium-speed corners, but especially Sector 1, because of those straights and and, uh, the the length of it, maybe Mercedes will be able to pick up a few seconds here. Yeah, um, well, Bottas has been doing pretty well here 
so far, if you look at his uh, FP2 times and his FP1 times, they've been pretty decent. Mm. Um, but, yeah, you can definitely tell this is a MotoGP um, track because we don't have them pendulum corners of turning like turning in on themselves. They They have a sort of turn in and then straighten out into the next corner. Um, it's a very flowy track. Uh, and there's no chicanes or anything really. No, it's not. It's not. It's all just yeah. long bends. Like the start of the corner's tight and then it sort of um, opens up. The corner opens up is the word I'm looking for by the end of the mm. um, end of the ter- corners and turns. And it is very flowy. Like think- the start of, as soon as you get out of turn three, like it's one, like left, right, left, right. You're always um, going into another corner on this track by the looks of it, apart from that very small straight in the in sector two in the middle there. And I think, um, you know, in watching this, I think Jensen Button, I think, may have made mention of this on, on, on the comms in FB1, is it just looks like such a fun track to drive. It just looks... Like, I mean, I'd love to do it. I probably couldn't get off the start-finish line, to be honest, but um, it, it just looks like a track that would be so enjoyable to drive and, and the speeds in those corners. And, and as you say, Brandon, it's, it is very, very technical track. One thing that strikes me, I can't unsee it now, is um, I don't know if anyone here has played Pokemon, but the track kind of looks like Ditto, the Pokemon. Oh, it does, yeah. He's au fait with, the, with that pokemon and hopefully it will yield similar things like ditto and it can service up any variety of different outcomes but um yeah look it genuinely seems like a um an interesting track and i think part of that intrigue is going to be the fact that you know um very long flowy corners um should be a very quick track but i think it's one of those ones as well because of the way the curbs are set but also the runoff it's not like a typical f1 track they've got that faux grass on some of those corners which is designed for MotoGP so you can be quite heavily penalized if you do manage to go wide because the grip you have on some of those surfaces is very different to any normal track um, or or runoff on any normal Formula One track and we sort of saw a bit of that in in both FP1 and FP2 where some of the drivers sort of going off and and the amount of dust that gets kicked up by some of those traps because they're kind of meant to to collect the dust which to keep it off the track itself so it, it will be interesting to see you know in some battles potentially in laps one and two as the pack is all sort of bunched up if they go wide how detrimental that will be to their overall race so i think ultimately what that speaks to is it will be a very technical um it is a very technical track from that perspective because you really do have to hit most of these corners i mean you do normally but more so you have to hit them perfectly because you will be penalized if you stray slightly wide in some cases and not even by the stewards, it's by the track itself. Yeah, yeah by <laughs> the giving track. <laughs> like we've seen in FP1 um, with Lando Norris and Lance Stroll and all that in, uh, what was it, the second last corner, damaging floors and losing hydraulic pressure and stuff just from banging around too much. Well, 14, I think, has been the one that's really tearing up mm. uh, the floors of the cars, and there were a couple that had to uh, have pretty extensive repairs. But that's the thing. With MotoGP tracks, when F1 has raced on them before, there's not a whole heap of overtaking opportunity because obviously they're very different they're very different types of races, MotoGP and Formula 1. But I guess moving into Sector 2... That begins with a hairpin, which there seems to be a few of them on this track. Uh, another number of medium speed corners, but also they're very high in terms of their um, 
their average speed. So, and then it goes down again in the sector two to what is effectively another hairpin and onto a what's effectively a straight, but it's you know got turn eleven in the middle. So yeah. another really quick track and and really quick se- sector. Sorry, and I think where it's going to really come into it is the speed that the cars can take. Say, what is it? Turn seven? Is it? Uh, that's a uh, that's another hairpin kind of thing, as well as turn ten. So I think both of those are going to be important for them to be able to gain speed on who can take them the fastest, who can take them with the most speed through them. Um, and then sector three again, it's very similar. So there are some three right handers, a left hander, another right hander, and all of them can be taken, you know, fairly quickly through the whole thing back onto the main straight. So I don't that know. It's hard right- to call for me. Yep. That three right-hander there, um, it's almost the same sort of setup that you see in uh, Turkey. Mm. They yeah, yeah. talk 13, 14. Istanbul. Yeah, yeah, because they had that, yeah. um, that left-hander of them four corners. Like, they take it like that, and it's pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. And I'd like to just... Uh, go back a couple steps to where you were saying about the fake grass, Michael. Um, We've seen it in FP2, I'm pretty sure, where Yuki Sonoda just was coming down the straight and... um, He nearly lost it. Nearly lost it. It was nearly a George Russell bodass sort of thing Mm. like in Imola. He only just come off the track just a little bit onto that fake grass and wheel spin flat out and... King revved it. <laughs> and that so was just him trying dangerous. to get past traffic, wasn't it? it was yeah, just he already had all the traction and all, all the traction, all the power on the ground, and you just go off a little bit and spun up the wheels then anyway. So I imagine trying to actually get the power down if you come out on that on that fake grass. It's not going to be nice. So how many safety cars do you think we're going to see? I think someone will end up in the gravel at least, stuck in the I gravel. So. Oh, we see Mick Schumacher do that already, and how big are those bloody rocks? Oh, like yeah. one of them flying at me. It's like one of those, uh, they remind me of those rocks that when, you, when you're driving somewhere, you know, in, in a beautiful part of Australia and, and you've got the side rock walls which are all sort of penned in with the, um, with the wire mesh, it's like that sort of size rock and you've got the big sign saying falling rocks. That, that something from you. Final Destination or something, <laughs> yeah. I think. And there was an, another interesting thing I thought was that, um, and look, you get this with a lot of tracks, especially the narrower ones and, um, and such, but with some of these corners, because they're not used to having driven here, I think, there's only two drivers. One will be nameless, but the other is Checker, who, who have driven on this particular out of the current um, Formula One sort of drivers uh, in on the current grid. That is, is that as they go into some of these corners, and we saw it, you know, with um, sort of the blue flags or, or you know the slow runners on on a slow lap, um, where they sort of block the apex for some of the drivers, and you get that it's very hard to judge. But because they don't know this track well, and they know it largely from a sim. It is quite different because a lot of that feeling comes from when you're actually driving it and you need to get used to it on the actual track. And there's been a couple of instances where some of them would miss the apexes because of the fact that they aren't quite used to driving on this on this circuit. And, look, in a race, that's that may have an effect, but I think, you know, we could see that if we have a bit of a, bun- a bit of bunching up uh, and some traffic during qualifying as well. So I think that, that will play into it be- just purely because it is a new track for them. Mm. Yeah, and I think even even with um, Checo's experience here, 
I think the F1 cars are just so different, and it was so long ago. I think it was GP two that he uh, that he won here. But yeah, I, I think even he's probably at risk of having issues going wide or sending it into a wall or something like that. But I, I'm just kind of happy that it's a new track that everyone's on this even playing field, and you could tell with in FP one and FP two to some degree that. All that was about was them trying to find that the track limits was them trying to find exactly where they need to break, exactly where they need to hit the apex. And that was so cool. I think it's, you were saying before, because we obviously have most of our content before we start recording, but, um, <laughs> but uh, that, that's all it was. We saw a whole heap of action on the track or a whole heap of time on the track because this was people just trying to get out there and get, and get the experience that they need. It's not like a, sometimes when you're watching FP1 and, and you're sitting there and the countdown's going on and there's no one going out. You're just waiting yeah. for one of the alphas or the hasses to go out and just clear the track up. But an interesting thing I found as well is this surface is obviously quite different on this track. And I don't know, I could not tell you because I haven't done enough reading into it as to what the differences will be. But apparently this track being, I think it's 13 years old and has never needed to be resurfaced. So it's it, 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 is got, it has an interesting makeup. And I think Johnny Herbert mentioned that um, some of these tracks in the high heat locations have a bit of glass in the tarmac, um, which sort of helps reflect the the effects of the sun. And I think the idea is that it reduces its heat up. So that look that'll be interesting. I think that's neither here nor there in terms of how it affects this. I think it's just more a, a quirk of the track. But it, it is an interesting track, and just these new ones. There's sort of so much excitement around it. We saw Ricardo at the start of FP1 jump on the radio and just go, "Yeah, this is a lot of fun." And you know, that for me gives me a, too much hope as to how Ricardo's going to go this week. It's another win. Another, another win. win. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, it shows that, you know, and I think it makes an effect, especially for a driver like Ricardo, if he's really enjoying his, his driving, he, he's going to perform better because he's got that confidence in him. So I think it's going to be a super interesting weekend just purely from that perspective. And, you know, the the side of it that the drivers haven't driven it, and you make a good point that GP2 is obviously very, very different to to F1, but I mean, that was an interesting race. Uh, we watched it actually after the last recording just to sort of get an idea of it. And, you know, apart from the funny sort of uh, uh, Evo uh, safety car that we had, and there was a number of safety cars and it was a very interesting race. And there was a fair few overtakes in that one as well. And, you know, I think the speed of it's going to make it super interesting from that perspective too. Do you get some more food then, Nathan? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> we had a technical error. I had to pit stop for a second and uh, charge charge the batteries. As I said to Latifi, not on the radio. We'll talk about it in the debrief. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think FB1 and 2 were interesting. We talked about it a bit. They were just kind of finding their way. But I was really impressed with Alpha Tauri especially because both – I think it was both of the sessions, Gasly performed really well in it and even Yuki performed really well. So it's interesting to see. I know that Lewis Hamilton had the power issue, unit issues, but I wonder how how we'll see him performing qualifying. And, you know, after last week, I think we can all assume that he's got something in his pocket that he's going to pull out. Yeah, I don't believe him when he's saying he's got a loss of power like he's got two brand new nearly like two engines that are one race old like well maybe a couple but you know like although sure. mclaren did have the issues last week and generally when generally when one of the mercedes powered car has cars has an issue 
it shows up in the others pretty quickly if it, if there is one. So maybe it was just an abundance of a caution that they retired him from FP one. I, th- mm. I think on that as well, um, I want to make a quick mention for in FP two. Norris seemed to be sort of putting in some good laps um, and sort of good sector times as well. So, you know, we've talked about his underperformance over the last couple of weeks and some of it, you know, the incident obviously doesn't help, but he's, you know, putting in some good times and I guess qualifying will sort of set the tone as to whether he can convert that in the race and, of course, his race pace when he gets into it. But, you know, I think that's an interesting element because, again, the Ferraris look consistent when you saw them in FP1. They were right next to each other as they have been in the, in the last few races. They've got that sort of speed. Um, and, and they've got that consistency and both drivers are at the peak of their form at the moment. So I think that battle, you know, while it seems over, it's it'll, you know, potentially could get closer if both Ricardo and Norris can do something and, and, and sort of do well at this track. Sorry about that noise, folks. We just got Brandon Wolf cracking the poos over here and banging his keyboard. Oh, shit, sorry, mate. I, uh, I just got a text from work. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is my work. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I think uh, so. Uh, shit, sorry. <laughs> so I, I kind of want to hear your predictions for this weekend, anyway, guys. So especially after last week, let's try and be a little bit more accurate. But <laughs> the track's obviously very different. It's got a very different layout, very different performance. Who do we think's got it here? I think that. Going off what's happened in FP1, McLaren could probably put on, try and pull something out this weekend, and I'd really like to see that heat up towards the end. Uh, but where are you guys sitting right now? Where's your head at? Gasly for the win. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, look how <laughs> good he's been going. Look yeah. how good he's been going. He's... Um, yeah. He's been, I'm pretty sure it's second, but both, yes, it is second, both um, both practices already. Mm. I, Which, I look forward to watching FP3 in a, a few, hour, few hours, number of hours, and uh, that being proved thoroughly wrong, just because that's the way the universe works. Whatever we say now, FP3 will prove all of us wrong. But um, no, I'd love, I'd love to see Gasly up there. I'd love to see him win something, win this year and everything like that. But um, I just get the feeling that, you know, with the context of the championship, I think, uh, you know, I think Max will win this one. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Checo will play a big part in that. And I think we'll see Mercedes up there, but I think some strategy calls will ruin Mercedes' race, particularly Bottas, because I'll never ruin Lewis's race. They'll ruin Bottas's. Um, and then it'll be a, um, a, a Perez and, and Verstappen 1-2, uh, perhaps. Um, that's my prediction. Mm. And if it's going to happen anywhere, I think that they've got a good opportunity of it happening here. And since both of them look like they've had pretty good pace, you know, going into the weekend, we'll see. I just wonder if any there will be any mechanical issues for Mercedes going into this. Did you know that if Max comes second with the fastest lap in the next two races and Lewis um, wins both the next races that they're going to be tied on points going into Abu Dhabi for last race. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> oh, man. Imagine I'm that. I'm salivating thinking about that. That and, and your chili con carne. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing because we haven't had the battle this close in a long time. At this point, 
I don't, as long as it stays close to the end of this, I don't want one of them to DNF or something like that in the next couple of races. But as long as it stays close, I'm happy. Like Lewis could win this championship. That would be amazing and it'd be incredible. But it means that we've had a fight all the way to the end. That's something we haven't seen for a long time. My question for both of you actually is on that title fight concept is are we going to see some capers and tomfoolery up there between Lewis and Max as this starts heating up, especially, you know, if they pull some of the same antics or Max pulls some of the same antics or Lewis tries to force Max wide, it can be quite disastrous for the one that goes wide because you're not on tarmac in a lot of these cases. Yeah, and that's the thing because it's a good segue into the next topic of this, but because Max escaped the penalty uh, after the evidence surfaced from last week, there is a much higher likelihood that people will push people wide, will will push those limits because if they penalise another driver now, if they penalise anyone for it now, they're going to point back and say, well, why didn't you do it there? Because it was, it was obvious when that second lot of footage revealed itself that Max was not hard locked into that corner. He was never going to make it going into there. Um, he, he, he went wide to push Hamilton wide. So the fact that he didn't get a penalty has opened up the door for everyone else to to do those exact same moves. You okay, Nathan? <laughs> I'm at a, having an aneurysm. I'm trying to think. Um, Is your Red Bull cap behind you somewhere? <laughs> I've hidden it away. Well, while, while you're thinking of that point, I'll tell you what, I feel for Massey's inbox during this race if there is a penalty oh, that's yeah. handed for someone else. <laughs> it already started with John, Jonathan Wheatley saying, oh, so, like, are we going to have restrictions and penalties on the corners or what? <laughs> and then Michael yeah. was just like, it's the first it's the first run, like, give us a chance to work out where people are running wide and we'll sort the track out from there. But honestly, track limits should be, as the commentators said, turn one to turn 16. Like, no, no picking and choosing where you're going to let them run off and where you're not. No, none of that. Look at Lewis Hamilton. He pulled out some excellent times and didn't go over um, the lines once. And when he did, it was just because of a mistake, not because of him running wide. He was inch perfect. And that's mm. and that's how the limits should be. It should be the white line. And I think on that, there's been, there's been a number of instances where the nature in which they've run the track limits. I think back at, I think it was the first Bahrain, Bahrain Grand Prix this seat, this year, no, and um, there was that there's that specific uh, corner that was only penalised if it was due to getting an advantage. If not, it wouldn't be. And then they changed it midway through the race how they were enforcing that specific corner. I think it was turn five or six, maybe. And I think Lewis was running it wide every time because he was allowed to within the rules. And it's these sort of discrepancies where it's not a hard and fast rule. You know, these things don't become a only become a problem if there's huge amounts of interpretation in in the way that the ruling is handed down. And with that exact corner, it was it was found that Lewis had gained over the course of the of the race him cutting that corner. He'd gained seconds from yeah. cutting it. And it was also the same corner that Verstappen managed to get past him and then he had a snap of oversteer understeer and then went wide again and then gave the position back. And that's the thing. Like, where do you put that where do you put that? Because Hamilton did gain an advantage from cutting that corner. Sure, it wasn't he didn't complete an overtake doing it, 
but he still did. So like you're saying, it's it's almost a matter of interpretation where it really shouldn't be. It should be a solid rule. The only reason I can kind of think for this race especially is because it's a MotoGP circuit, it's not necessarily de- designed 100% for an F1, uh, an F1 race. So it can be hard to fit these cars properly onto the track and I think they're leaving leaving that little bit of leeway there but I agree it should there should be a hard and fast rule in most cases I think next uh, I think this track will probably suit next year's car a lot better being a lot smaller and being able to travel a lot closer but then saying that every track's going to be better with next year's car if it performs the way that they're writing it down on paper I would, I would hope so, and because they can follow, like because they can follow easier, um, going up to that main straight, I think that'll be really exciting because that main straight's so long, a lot longer than I think people thought it would be. I you think it's a kilometre long. Yeah, yeah, which is a, a long straight. So yeah. you know what's funny too, considering how long this track is, uh, sorry, how fast this track is in terms of speed, it's a pretty long lap time, like like <laughs> overall. Yeah, if if the guys run at the, um, I just did a calculation before. If the guys run at the um, one minute twenty three second sort of time that they're doing it in for the fifty seven laps, hmm. it's the race is only going to be seventy eight minutes. Yeah, give oh, that's like, good. Give give or take with pitting and like. Um, you know, safety cars and all that sort of stuff. Like, that's a pretty quick race. Well, that's good for us because we can get straight back to bed or straight into work. So that's, <laughs> yeah. all, that's yeah. all I want. <laughs> I think um, uh, I think it was Russell uh, had mentioned that he, he feels this, this track reminds him a lot of Mugello, um, mm. which quite similarly is a MotoGP track. Um, I know it's a testing track as well. But either MotoGP tracks, it has that sort of similar feel. So, um, and, you know, from all accounts, that they all really seem to enjoy it. But I want to talk about the pit lane entry because that is something that has seemingly been uh, shifted or changed by Massey. So the entry is deeper past turn 16 or behind turn 16, I should say. So it's effectively another corner. Um, it's quite a tricky entry, especially because they haven't, they're not going to be used to it. So, you know, perhaps we may see some. Tom Foolery and some shunts in the pit lane uh, as mm. they sort of go in because they're coming out into turn 16 at high speed anyway and going into the pit lane. I mean, the, the limiter it sort of starts past the actual corner. So it will be quite interesting. And I know there are tricky, you know, pit entries all, all around the, um, the the Formula One um, season, but because they're not used to it, that's going to make it quite interesting too. Maybe we'll see another, it's like last race when, uh, who was it? Latifi was released right in front of Verstappen. And, and then yeah. I think the year before was or the last time we raced there, Kubica had been released right in front of Max. Nearly took him out. So, Williams, it's your time to shine again. Really <laughs> stuff up Max's uh, Max's chances. <laughs> and everything's going to be, because the um, cars are just going to be coming off the brakes, because um, of that second last corner and then that sharp, uh, right-hander in the pit lane, like the cars are going to be flat out in there. Everything's going to be hot. It, we might see some pit dramas as well with pit crews and things not wanting to move and stuff because of the heat. Mm. 
As in the the crews don't want to come out of the garage, or <laughs> is that what you're saying? Well, um, <laughs> as in when things are hot, like they just yeah, stick, and yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I not really... see wheels come off and stuff like that. Bit like um, Bottas, yeah, Bottas in Monaco. Mm. I, I really hope that Checo's drink uh, stays connected this time because he would not be able to race to the end. I don't think. No, not, not a chance. No. Yeah, but either way, like it looks like it's going to be a really interesting race and, um, yeah, let's see how it turns out. I hope that going into it we, we don't have anything major happen to the front runners of the championship at least and we can keep carrying through to the next uh, next couple of races. Nearly at the end, though, it feels like this year's gone really quickly. Oh, bloody oath it has. Hopefully, <laughs> um, hopefully McLaren closes the gap to Ferrari so there's another battle there to watch, like, um, and then we got uh, um, Alfatari and Alpine battling it out as well. Like we got battles everywhere. We've been saying it for the last three three weekends. It's been you know, really funny. interesting. We spoke. I guess we've spoken about it a little bit before, but Aston Martin. It's just we went to the end near Williams in terms of its uh, in terms of its points. It's just so crazy from last year. Um, how, how far they've fallen because they were. They were really looking like they were going to have something going, but they're on 68 points compared to, I don't know, Williams, 23. But uh, you know what I mean? I, I expected them to be higher. And and start of the season, they they showed some promise. Uh, mm. You know, Baku is an example. I know there's other factors there, and obviously Stroll and his tyre didn't really help their overall cause, but Vettel was up there, and Vettel's shown a couple of races. But really the back end of the season hasn't looked good for them. There's been some strategy calls and, and just ultimately the car just seems quite unreliable. So it's a shame because um, I think, you know, Vettel deserves better, um, you know, the type of driver that he is. But, you know, perhaps similar to a lot of the other teams, you know, that they're mostly focusing on next year's car. Yeah, and they have they have lost a lot of points, um, like because Stroll in Baku, that would have been a good, good point hole. And then also Vettel losing out in Hungary. Um, yeah, that's a that's another lot of points that they've missed out on as well. So, mm. um, but who knows? They might this uh, year's car might have stopped the development for next year's car, and they're going to smash it next year. And because that they're they're a high rate car like Mercedes, uh, high rate, yeah, no, low rate, low rate, low, low rate car. Sorry, because they're a low rate car like Mercedes, they've suffered most. Uh, yeah, most from the regulation changes this year. So just like Mercedes lost some of their pace or Red Bull gained the pace, Aston mm. Martin gone backwards, whether they lost pace or just didn't gain it like the other cars did. The only problem with uh, Aston Martin is um, they're not going to be able to use this year's car for next year from mm. Mercedes. Yeah, well, you never know what that. Uh, you never know what they're going to have to, they're going to have to lose a season next year for the season after to take Mercedes car. Yeah. Off <laughs> That's inappropriate, mate. Okay, it was uh, only oh, the sorry, break sorry. ducks, Nathan. <laughs> and I think you know on that note, I think what, what's interesting. And I know Otmar's come out and said it's not true, but all that speculation that's linking him with with Alpine as well is, is interesting in that. Mm. You know, if he's denying it because it's no deals done at this stage and, and he's just playing that PR game. But if he is to go, then he, you know, he's been part of that team for quite a long time. And, you know, it's going to, it's going to, you know, there's Adrian Newey's don't grow on trees. So you're not going to, 
necessarily find good TPs or, or sort of chiefs come out of of um, out of nowhere. So that that will really shunt them for next season if he was to leave. I know he's at this stage. He said he's not, but we might um, see Cyril again, return. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see him back. See if he's got that damn tattoo. <laughs> I think they were talking about it recently, weren't they? That they were going to um, uh, that they were going to actually organise it because the time frame was closing a little bit for him. But <laughs> man, it sucked if he didn't get it in the end. Oh, I think you know, but if you're Danny, right? You're not really, you know, he's, Cyril's been shafted, removed from his job. Probably quite embarrassing to him because he probably had bet his career in a way on on um, Ricardo and Renault as expected to be a longer term deal and everything like that. And so Cyril. Got the boot, flicked away, and he, he's sort of in the wilderness now. But, mm. you know, if you're Danny, yeah, it would be a bit rude if you were to send him a text going, hey, mate, have you got that tattoo yet? No, it is. When are we getting the tattoo? Tattoo the Renault symbol on him. But. Either way, it's looking like it's going to be a good weekend. Uh, did you guys have any other predictions you want to throw out there? Crazy. Yeah, I want, to, I want to hear something for the back of the field. We're always talking about the front. We're always talking about who's going to perform there, but who's going to be the up-and-comer for this race? It can't be Lewis Hamilton again. He's not at the back of the grid this time that we know of. So, well, that, That's true. I mean, I gave a pretty wacky prediction last week. And to be honest, while it was on a different corner, it came pretty close to my prediction of a shunt. But um, I'm not going to predict a shunt this week. I'm going to suggest that Giovinazzi is going to do something. Oh, I was just about to say that because oh, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> he's not going to be, he's, he's like every other driver this season. They've been given the flick and got the new contract, so they don't care anymore. Yeah. It's like the opposite of what happens say. when. It's, it's like the opposite of what happens when someone gets a contract. It's like when Ocon got his contract and then <laughs> everything went to shit a little bit for a couple of races. And George but... and George. Now Latifi's beaten George. Oh, well, he didn't end up beating him last week, though. He out-qualified him, but... Uh, yeah. He's getting this, though. He's getting how, yeah. How's this for a podium, though? Um, if we see Giovinazzi on the top step. And then uh, Gasly second, I think that'll be, you know, looking at his form. That'd be good. And Nor- Norris in third with Ricardo in fourth. What is going to happen with this race for that, <laughs> that to happen? He's going to absolutely will... piss down like Spa. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Now, look, I mean, you know, you never know what can happen with the, with the top cars. Lewis has an engine failure and has to retire. Mm. And uh, Max and Bottas decide to stick the elbows out on a corner just for the sake of it. Something tells me that would be Bottas uh, following his last few team orders if that was to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go get him, Bottas. Go get well, him. You know, <laughs> Bottas has got to help Alpha, you know, so he's going to stick the elbows out and take Max out. So Giovinazzi, <laughs> who's surging up the pack, can take his rightful spot on the top <laughs> spot so they can uh, have a decent end to the season. Uh, we can only hope. We can only hope. <laughs> Right. Well, those are the predictions, I guess. We'll uh, we'll see how when we come back next week how wrong we were. But thank you Ooh, for joining you know us for this. Uh, yeah, uh, again. Uh, <laughs> you go ahead, Nathan. All you. I was just gonna say Fernando Alonso because he's old. He falls over, breaks a hip, and then Oscar Piastri has to drive the car. Yes, <laughs> oh, God. is Oscar in uh, Qatar this weekend? Yeah, he, he is. is. Yep. He yeah, is. he's actually there. There you go. He was eating some Tim Tams on the pit wall. <laughs> Australian oh, yeah. is good that? old Aussie Bicky <laughs> uh, with a cup of Milo. 
Uh, well, <laughs> that's always. I think that's always your prediction that one of the old fellas is going to fall over, Nathan. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see after qualifying. All right, yeah. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of Getting a Grip F1. Make sure to follow us on our uh, social media. So that's Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And we'll be back mid next week with our review after the action. <laughs>